0: Psalm 148 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His hosts. Praise Him sun and moon. Praise Him all you shining stars. Praise Him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for He commanded and they were created and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near him. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 8 through chapter 3 verse 11. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. But when I look, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll, and go, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you, and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate, and it was in my mouth, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And he said to me, "Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely, if I sent you to, to such, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me." Because all the house of Israel has a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces, and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like Emery harder than Flint, I have made your forehead. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak to you receive in your heart and hear with your ears, and go to the exiles, to your people, and speak to them, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear. Revelation chapter 10 Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he called out, the seventh thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. But that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled. Just as he announced to his servants and prophets, servants the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, take this scroll that is open in the hand of the angel, who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter, and I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 148, Ezekiel 2 and 3, and Revelation 10 and the, the scroll that was sweet as honey in your mouth but bitter in your stomach. Um, John borrows from the book of Ezekiel. Um, however, being May 12th, it's also the feast day, of two, um, I'll say minor saints, soldier saints, by the name of Nereus and Achilles. And it's it's an interesting story, and it revolves around a tablet uh, it's not a scroll, um, and uh, we don't know very much at all about Nereus and Achilleus. Um, the only thing that we know for sure is that there is a uh, a grave marker in the uh, cryptorium, or I don't know if that's what it's called, but the the well, what was a crypt, an ancient crypt from the sixth uh, century or maybe earlier actually. Um there's a, a grave marker um that reads very briefly this way buried here at the Appian Way, or near and Achilleus. They had enlisted for military service and were performing their cruel function, just as attentive to the tyrant's command, ready to obey orders, compelled by fear. Wonderful, but true. Suddenly they deposit their anger. The converts flee, and abandon the commander's bad camp, hurl their shields, decorations, and bloody weapons. As they confess Christ, they rejoice in taking his, taking his triumphs. By the authority of Damaso, believe what Christ's glory can do. Damaso is Pope uh, Damasus of the 6th century, and he is the one who very likely had the inscription commissioned. And so I don't know for sure if they really were soldiers, but it was clearly a popular story in the 6th century, in the 500s. Um, the grave marker, the tablet, is in a, a crypt that was owned by a wealthy family um, headed by a woman named Domitia. So Nereus and Achilles are sometimes wrapped in with Domitia, who um, we know also very little about, but it seems as though they are part of her household. Um, and if they were buried with her, they were probably almost lifelong servants. Um, and it was really rare. I can't think. I imagine if if you were a Roman soldier and you were captured by the enemy and then like sold back to a Roman family, maybe you'd be servants after having been soldiers. But it's really rare. Um, it, certainly in the the late antiquity uh, in, in the in the period that we're talking about. Um, you know, medieval period, yeah, that's sure. Like John of God was a Venetian soldier, and then he fell into hard times and became basically a servant. But if you were Roman, um, it's really hard to imagine when that would have happened. And if they're describing these persecutions, um, the Pope probably thinks that they were killed and buried close to the third century um, in the you know the late third century early fourth century um, what is noteworthy is that Domitia is a woman we don't know if there was a, a male head of household um, but it seems as so like archae- or historians and not arch- yeah archaeologists I was confusing with architects archaeologists will say look they're two servants, so what? Move on. But that doesn't fit the narrative that the sixth century Pope Damasus assigns them. So something's going on, and probably what's going on is Damasus um, you know, contrived this story. You know, it's just straight out of, you know, this um this template for soldier saints. And he just puts it on there maybe for some holiday um maybe to you know, as Propaganda is a a harsh word, but maybe he wants to rally support um, against Rome or against the military in some way, and so he uses some occasion, makes this big fanfare, and then we have this grave marker on the Appian Way, which is, um, I believe, in Rome, um, so that if there were veterans of the Roman army in Rome that were servants, that's... Really, really unlikely. So most likely they actually weren't soldiers. Much more likely, you know, the archaeologists have it probably more correct in that they were just servants. And they probably just died a natural death. And yet what this story tells about the popularity of soldier saints and how their stories, you know, might taste sweet in your mouth but turn bitter in your stomach um, is... A learning moment. Um, soldiers' stories get used by others, you know, without their consent, without their knowledge. Um, you know, I write in God Is a Grunt about how Christianity today wanted me to be the the poster boy for PTSD and didn't tell me until until the uh, the editor um, sent out an image of the cover on her social media. Um, the story, and that can go both ways. Like you can prop up someone who's not a soldier, like Nereus and Achilles, or lean on soldiers, um, to to tell a story that their lives may or may not be saying. Um, and that isn't you know the historical veracity of things is important, but it's not as important to people of faith. That isn't really what we're about. I think I said yesterday about science and faith and like. I'm fascinated by all the little nitpicky details of you know what we can know, what we can't. But the, for people of faith, the narrative isn't a historical account. It's usually sermonic. It wants to convey a point. Um, and so that these two servants were picked up by the pope and 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 used to say something, says something about our faith. Says something about. Um, the point of narrative in our faith, um, and how dangerous it can be—not um, just you know inspiring, but also dangerous. Like Nereus and Achilles probably were not were not soldiers. Um, it also remind you know if narrative is dangerous, it, it's also a reminder why we have some ancient writings in the in the New Testament in canon, and some are not. Because narrative is really important, Um, and we should be careful with it. We should not misuse or abuse it, but to um, be careful about the stories that we rely on and the people whose stories that we borrow. Um, Because it's important to be faithful and true, faithful in the the historical sense, um, while not reducing everything to only that which we can verify. Um, I think there's this, there's uh, an important aspect of moderation, um, that, you know, is important. I don't know how Nereus and Achilles speak to it. But I think their story their the story of their story helps remind us um what we do with, you know, our narrative, with what we write down, whether it's on our scrolls or in our tablets, on our books, we have to be careful because they are they can be Uh, abused and misused Um, and so as people of faith we we have to be attentive to the stories we tell and who and whose stories they are a prayer for those who influence public opinion from the book of common prayer Almighty God you proclaim your truth in every age by many voices Direct in our time, we pray, those who speak where many listen, and write what many read, that they may do their part in making the heart of this people wise, its mind sound, and its will righteous, to the honor of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew, Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, Hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at Patreon.com/PuPuHQ. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PuPuHQ Pew Pew in this